0: Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hey, everybody, welcome to The Edge podcast by MGR. Your host, David Gill, here. I hope everybody is having a fantastic week. As always, I certainly am. This week, we are talking about... The main thing we're talking about is Tesla's big announcement. Elon Musk's big announcement at their uh, conference they held this past week called Autonomy Day. I actually think this did not get nearly as much press as I thought it would for the uh, scale and bravado of the announcement and the potential impact it could have in... If it is real and successful, which is always a question with Tesla, let's be honest. Um, but we're going to talk all about it. If you didn't hear about it, it's pretty crazy. Um, it kind of took me by surprise completely. But yeah, we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about afterwards uh, a little bit of Twitter and Amazon news and uh, see what's up with them because they had an interesting week as well. So anyways, let's get right into it so if you missed the uh, presser obviously I don't think a lot of people watched the full I think it was like an hour and a half two hours Uh, but if you didn't see a recap or anything like that of what exactly was announced it was uh, very quickly that Tesla will have fully autonomous cars either by the end of this year or next year, Um, and there's kind of a few different announcements in this, but one of the major things is that, so before Tesla, and we're going to get into the weeds just a little bit because you kind of have to explain the background here of the full self-driving car uh, uh, world because there's so much so so many competitors at this point. So much going on from huge uh, car companies, traditional car companies, Ford, GM, uh, and European car companies, to uh, a bunch of Silicon Valley startups that are trying to build their own cars as well. Obviously, Google as well, Uber as well. So there's 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 tons of competition, tons going on, uh, and tons of different information and different opinions. Always kind of. Uh, clashing against each other constantly so i'm going to tell you what uh tesla kind of said so tesla basically said if, if before um they were using nvidia for their tesla computers well they were using mobile eye uh years ago and then they switched to nvidia which nvidia is basically one of the top end uh gpu makers out there but then tesla was not happy with the results basically they wanted something custom and perfectly made for their vehicles and that's not quite what NVIDIA does. NVIDIA does more for the masses and so Tesla decided to create its own basically computer for its self-driving cars and they said that it's now done and they're already working on v2 which they said is going to be three times better it'll come out next year etc but right now uh, elon musk has said that they have built a computer that uh, as of now um, will be included in all new teslas they've built a computer that will allow a tesla to be completely fully autonomous meaning you don't have to be paying attention hands on the steering wheel any of that it is a fully self-driving car Uh, that is a very big deal and they're also going to be releasing um, many software updates to older teslas as well to enable many more self-driving features now that is a massive announcement in itself but on top of that the bigger announcement is the Tesla Robo Taxi Network. What is that? Well, Elon Musk and the timeframes on this is really what shocked me, because if he said you know th- within five years, within maybe three years, whatever, I'd say okay maybe, but he said all of this is going to happen by next year. Like he said, probably from what I took it, maybe like summer next year. So that's We'll see, Um, but but essentially he announced the Tesla Robo Taxi network, which is going to be combined has a few different combinations to it. One, it's going to be Tesla owners who are not driving their cars, and this idea has been around for a while, but they're finally implementing it. Basically, Tesla owners, if you own a Tesla, and you know, say you drive to work, you get to work and you know your car is going to be in the parking lot for eight hours. You can then rent out your Tesla and have it go act as a robo taxi uh, as basically you you can be an Uber driver without actually driving an Uber. Uh, you can just have your Tesla be the driver for you and go and act as an Uber car and then you get paid. And then same thing, say you're at home or overnight or whatever, uh, if you're not using it and your car has a good charge, then you can just rent it out. Then there's also going to be actual from Tesla itself, uh, cars, because they said, you know, to make sure the demand is always fulfilled in case there's not enough cars on the road, Tesla itself will rent out their own cars. And then there's kind of this new distinction where one thing is current existing Teslas, but there are also these new robo-taxis. Elon very kind of nonchalantly uh, said that basically going forward, they're going to start taking out pieces of the car that are not necessary. And he said, so maybe next year we could see the first Tesla uh, where they just remove the steering wheel and the pedals. So there actually is no human interaction at all. Cause he said, Well, you don't really need it. And that is a brave statement. Um this is all kind of shocking because if, if you've been paying attention to recent uh self-driving car news over the past probably six months, things went from very optimistic to kind of I wouldn't say dire, that's the wrong word, but uh I guess uh, trying to dampen expectations, like saying, well, you know, self-driving cars and fully autonomous cars are probably still years away. Even uh, Google's uh, the head of Waymo, uh, their self-driving car uh, division basically said, yeah, we're still pretty far away from having fully self-driving cars. We're not really sure. It almost seemed like because they've spent tens of billions of dollars on their self-driving car division it very much felt like we've spent a lot of money and we haven't made a huge amount of progress as far as being able to actually have cars on the road so you know we're trying to kind of push things back and maybe get regulations to help us out as far as modifying the roads to make them easier for self-driving cars etc and uh, that's a discussion I'll get into in a second but basically Tesla and Elon Musk announced that next year they will have their own, basically Uber-type network of Tesla cars, and he said that there will be a million robo taxis by next year. Uh, This there's a lot. There's very. I have a list of like questions here that I that I kind of want to go through. Um, First of all, a million. That's a lot. What about, I mean, what kind of, first, I know that they have nearly half a million cars on the road uh, now, but I think that's international. I'm not sure if that's the US, but even if it is the US, uh, that means they're going to make another 500,000 cars in the next year. I thought they were only making about, I mean, I I guess they could do it, but they're making, I guess they are making about what, 50, 60,000 a month right now. But to say that all of them are going to be robo taxis, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know that everybody who owns a Tesla will do it. The economic incentive seems pretty large, but then again, uh, I don't know. I think people will definitely, at least in the beginning, be concerned about their cars being... uh, Trashed or ruined or whatever uh, but I think that stigma will probably go away I don't think that's too much of an issue I think I look at it kind of like the early days of Airbnb people said, oh my god people are gonna trash my house or my apartment or whatever and of course you know there are rare occasions where it does happen and uh in those cases Airbnb rectified it and I'm sure Tesla would probably rectify it and then. Ban whoever you know. If you if you trash a car, they're probably gonna ban you from the network. Not allowed to use it anymore. Anyways, those are those are smaller problems. But a million on the road next year. Uh, there's questions of regulation, which I'm gonna get into later, obviously. And then the biggest thing is how cheap they're claiming it to be. Um, they were comparing it to Uber and Lyft, where they said it's about two dollars a mile. Uh, on Uber and Lyft, two to three dollars a mile, but I'm gonna go on the low and call it two just for comparison's sake. And they said that the Tesla network, that if you were to get a ride with the Tesla network, it would only cost you about 18 cents a mile. Rounded up to 20 cents a mile. That's 10 times cheaper than an Uber or Lyft. So for me, right, when I go to the airport, typically that ride. Is about, uh, it depend. Obviously, it depends on the uh, the time of day you go, but it's typically about twenty twenty five dollars. You're telling me that that ride is gonna be two dollars, two two dollars and fifty cents. Is that really what you're saying? I'm not gonna complain if that's true, but that just sounds. Uh, almost unfathomable, really. And uh, hey, if there's anybody who is the king of being uh, accomplishing unfathomable things, that is Elon. But uh, I don't know, I just think, you know, you hear all these things. And unfortunately, Elon and Tesla have a have a history of making very big promises on very, uh, hard hard to meet deadlines that end up not coming true and so that's why there is quite a bit of reasonable skepticism and I'm less skeptical than a lot of others because I'm one who very much believes that self-driving car technology can be here much sooner than people think um, be- depending on how you go about creating your algorithms and your software and I'm going to get into kind of the differences between Tesla's uh, software and say Waymo and other companies in a second uh, and the big difference and why Tesla is so far ahead of everyone else and there's a couple other companies similar to Tesla uh, and why they're so far ahead but really it, it, it does sound too good to be true but we'll see I mean he said in a year that's not a lot of time and obviously, this isn't something that's just going to be a light switch overnight. We're going to start seeing slowly rolled out over the coming year. Uh, I'm very excited. And really, the, 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 the crazy thing is, and he's, he said it himself, that it would be, I think he said, financially insane not to buy a Tesla, uh, to buy uh, like if you're in the market for a new car right now, to not buy a Tesla Robo Taxi, one of their new Teslas with this new uh, computer in it, because he said that basically the cheapest version of the taxi where you get this fully autonomous uh, ability is thirty-eight thousand dollars. Obviously, you know if you want custom upgrades, it'll be more expensive, but the minimum is thirty-eight thousand uh, U.S. dollars and. Now, this this seems this estimate seems very high as far as this is his income estimate for how much you can make renting out your car. Uh, This is probably how much you'll make if you're just constantly renting it out every time, like as much as you can. Uh, But basically, he said that you could make thirty thousand dollars in your first year renting out your car. That's a lot. uh, I don't know what the tax implications of that are. I guess you would consider it a contractor, even though you're not actually doing the work. But you probably would be a contractor to Tesla. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure about the tax implications. That's not really what's so important here. But uh, lots of questions. Lots of lots of questions going on here. Uh, but thirty thousand sounds extreme. That sounds like okay. Every minute that I'm not using my Tesla, it's being rented out. But say it's even like, half that 15,000, right? And you can make 15,000 a year and you paid 38 grand for this taxi and you're not paying for gas anymore. And uh, I mean, the Teslas are known to be much cost much less to maintain because they don't have, you know, a combustible engine. So you don't need to change your oil, you don't need to do a lot of stuff that happens with combustible engines as they get older. Um, So say you make your money back in three years. Uh, That's, I don't know. I agree with him. I don't know how you could buy any other car that is not a Tesla if this is truly the case. So let's talk about for a second uh, because I I keep saying I'm going to talk about this later. I'm going to talk about this later. Let's step back for a second and talk about how Tesla is able to have fully autonomous vehicles so much sooner than everybody else. Um, and that is because they took a different approach to essentially training their algorithms, right? So just like any human that needs to learn all of these cars, these robots, whatever you want to call them, it's obviously it's not the car itself. It's the, you know, the computer, the algorithm, the car, uh, I'll just call them the cars to make it simple. So, uh, all of these cars, in order to learn uh, how to drive, they're just like humans. They need to be either taught or they need to be given uh, lots of data in order to figure out how to drive. And there's kind of two different approaches. So the first approach, um, I, I don't know if it was first, I think it was first, uh, but basically the Waymo Uh, Google approach and also Uber and it looks like Ford and GM are also taking this approach is the kind of rules-based and 3D mapping LiDAR. If you heard about LiDAR, uh, uh, it's been like the the buzzword in in self-driving cars. LiDAR is is basically, uh, I think it's light, detection and range I think is what it stands for i uh, like the LI is one word anyways it basically is 3D mapping with lasers it's like a more advanced radar um, and so these cars make a 3D map of the road and they use geofencing and all types of stuff like that, and then they use rules-based, so tell the car, okay, when you approach a stoplight, you're supposed to stop, check both ways, blah, 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 if the other person was there first, you'd have to let them go for, you know, all that stuff, and they kind of program this in. That is the slower method and more difficult method of training a self-driving car. That is the method where you hear a lot of people saying, oh, we need to kind of change the roads to adjust for self-driving cars so that they can have little pathways to follow or something like that. Like some people say, draw certain specific lines on the road to make sure that they can follow it precisely, all types of stuff like that. Um, Then there's the Tesla approach, and there's other uh, Silicon Valley startups that are following this too. uh, That is, we don't need any of that crap. We don't need LIDAR. We don't need geofencing. We don't need any of that. We have tons of human drivers and data and behavioral patterns, and we can see how humans drive and react to different circumstances and basically collect all of that data and then use that to teach uh, the algorithm, the car, our cars, how to drive. And Tesla, obviously having hundreds of thousands of cars on the road with many sensors and cameras, uh, are very much able to do this. They they have and that's how they do it. That's why they say they're they're autonomous, uh, fleet and their self-driving car capabilities are always getting better because they're always you know they're selling more and more cars all the time and they have more and more miles being driven all the time so they're collecting more and more driver data and more and more uh, experiences and I guess you could say uh, uh, just basically they know how to drive in all environments at this point because Teslas are worldwide at, uh, right now and so This approach is different and it doesn't require, like I said, LiDAR or any of these things which, one, jack up the price of the cars. That's why if you've seen those Waymo minivans living in Phoenix, they are everywhere here because this is like the testing grounds. Uh, They have these big things on the top of the car and the Waymo minivans, I've seen estimates that they cost over $100,000 each. Uh, to basically make one of those cars, which is ridiculous because it's just like a cheap minivan with basically this tech on it. Meanwhile, you have a Tesla that is like this beautiful kick-ass car uh, without any ugly crap, and it's also a self-driving car. So these are the two different approaches, and that's. I hope I I did uh, the best justice I could in making you understand that. Basically, you have the Rules based, we're going to tell the car exactly how to drive. We're going to have all these different sensors, technology, 3D mapping, blah, 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 uh, to teach it exactly how to perfectly drive. And then you have the, there's the, the another startup is Comma AI. Uh, their website is comma.ai um, they are basically making a self-driving kit. You might've heard of it. Uh, they kind of made a splash a few years ago, but basically, uh, they're, they they make a self-driving car kit. So if you don't own a Tesla, you own whatever car, it doesn't work for all cars, but it works for a lot of cars at this point. Uh, I think most Toyotas and I think most, most GM cars, I think. Uh, but basically you have a kit that you can put in your car, and it's can make it self-driving not fully self-driving yet but they're getting there and uh, they they follow the same approach where they take just tons of video data of people driving and then the car learns from just watching people drive and seeing what mistakes they make and seeing what they do right and because for the most part people are actually decent drivers the problem is that we don't pay it that humans get you know distracted or you know just there's lots of little things that humans do that are very inconsistent that a robot would not do but when humans are fully paying attention they're actually pretty decent drivers they know how to react to different situations they know how to avoid when to slow down there's a lot of nuance to driving uh, that is very hard to just write in a rule, which is what Elon Musk was saying and why that he basically said LIDAR is a fool's game, I think is what he said uh, at the autonomy day, saying that you don't need it. It's 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 You're never going to be able to uh, write down every single rule for a self-driving car to do on the road and you don't need all this 3D mapping and expensive technology and to change all the roads just for self-driving cars. You don't need all that. You just need the cars to learn from people. And then once you have that, the cars are going to be much better because they're going to have all the nuance and experience that people have of driving without the distraction and inconsistency of of human drivers. So that's my uh, best explanation I'm going to give on that. But Getting back to this robo-taxi idea, um, and so that's why Tesla is able to go to market so much faster than everyone else. But like I said, back to this robo-taxi idea, really, I mean, this is what Uber, uh, this is what Travis Calacanek, the original founder and CEO of Uber, who obviously is no longer with the company, uh, said was the ultimate goal of Uber, to have a fully autonomous network of cars that could pick up and drop people off and tesla is beating them to it it looks like now again we don't know if this is fully going to happen but uber is still very far away from this and if this does really happen and i mean the rides are just so much cheaper than uber and lyft i mean this is a serious competitor for these companies I, again, now I'm not sure they'll have a million cars on the road Uber and Lyft have more inventory than that as far as drivers um, but but yeah I mean this is gonna be a real third competitor in the uh, in the ride sharing space and it's interesting that they 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 did this autonomy day. The week, the same week that, uh, or I guess the week after Uber did release their S1, basically their pre-IPO expectations form, and they're going to go public very soon, estimated around 80, 90 billion valuation. And I don't know, maybe there's going to be a lot of investors who see this announcement and say, hmm. Do I want to sink a ton of money into Uber right now when they could potentially have a massive competitor coming out of left field that no one saw coming? This is interesting. Um, Again, the production scale, a million on the road, it's possible. It might be a little overzealous, but I think they definitely could have hundreds of thousands. Uh, The other main question is regulation. Uh, here's the interesting thing. I was doing a little bit of research. Now, its it, I am definitely no expert in road rules and regulation. Uh, all states are different. But technically, I guess, in many, many places, there is no rule against fully self-driving cars and basically human not having human intervention now i don't know if there is going to be rules against having no one in the car because that's part of it right part of the robo taxi is that you get out and then i'm not going to use it right you're not going to use the car and then you say all right i'm going to rent it out for the next uh you know few hours i don't know exactly the rules on not Right, because obviously, to go from you to pick up person B, uh, I don't know the exact rules of that, and then obviously, Elon went to the point to say that you know, next year they might start removing steering wheels and pedals from cars, so obviously, then there's definitely no human intervention, uh, whether there's a human in the car or not. So, the, the regulation is a major question, but from what I've seen in many places, uh, including even in California, and I could be wrong, I mean, please. Call me out if, if I'm wrong, because I there's I, in researching this there are so many convoluted things, but technically there's nothing illegal about this. Um, now technically it also it's it's kind of like the rules haven't really been written in most places, and there's it, basically there haven't really been rules against, but there also aren't really rules for. And so that's the general situation we're in here. Uh, Unclear regulation, big promises, but if everything works out, potentially a game-changing service and a company that is really years ahead of everyone else, which uh, Tesla seems to have been uh, for many years in different ways. Uh, I'm very interested to see where all of this goes. There's definitely a lot of questions um, and a lot of things that hopefully will be answered uh, with time. We will see over the coming months. Uh, Hopefully, we'll learn some more details. And obviously, well, within a year, we'll know. We'll see how regulators react. Um, I hope that Tesla is maybe trying to work with them um, and making sure that everything is legal and allowed, but uh, hey, I mean, if this is all true and if everything works out, uh, I'd be very excited. I definitely would uh, get a ride in a robo-taxi, and uh, hey, maybe when I am in the market for a new car, it does make a lot of financial sense to get a robo-taxi, a Tesla robo-taxi, if it literally does pay for itself so we'll see Um, very big announcement that I think didn't get enough attention it got a lot of attention but not as much as I thought it would Uh, but maybe that's because people are just used to Elon making huge announcements all the time at this point but hey uh, Tesla continues to make big moves alright let's move on to Twitter real quick I just wanted to talk about them uh, briefly because uh... they continue to do very well so last year uh... last summer i made a uh... whole episode about twitter and how they can grow both users and revenue and on the revenue side i said that they really really need to build out their ad platform because they have so much potential for um user data and behavioral data that they really aren't taking advantage of that could allow for much uh, could open the door for many more advertisers to come in because right now on Twitter um, you do need fairly larger budgets because it's more of a uh, a platform to get a lot of reach rather than to try to get a lot of conversions And I think that they could also become more of a conversion platform, but they need to continue to harness their data and create uh, algorithms that are able to interpret the mass amounts of data that is in people's tweets. That's where obviously most of the data is coming from. And interpreting that and then using that to... um, create audiences and specific, you know, hyper-targeted audiences that I always discuss that Facebook is so valuable uh, at, and even Google as well, that uh, Twitter has the ability to do that too, but that they need to build up their ad platform. And so that's what I said last summer, and uh, they've been very much doing so. Their ad platform has improved a lot. It still has a lot of room to grow. Um, But investors were very happy. The stock jumped, I think, like 7%. Um, It might have come down a little bit since then, but uh, it jumped quite a bit on the news. They beat revenue expectations again. And it just seems like Twitter is very much getting everything together on the business side. They also grew a bit on the user side, uh, which was unexpected because they've been pretty flat on the user growth for a long time. And overall, I think that Twitter is is doing better. I think that they're really turning into a a, a more mature business, which ultimately I think is a good thing. Uh, You can't just be a startup forever. And I'm not saying that they're a startup by any means anymore and haven't been for a while. But uh, they still want to innovate and they still want to try new things. Don't get me wrong. But as far as basically monetizing the current Massive platform that you already have, they really are doing a much better job of it now than they were a year ago. So, props to them. I didn't know if they could do it, and they have done it in stride. So, I just wanted to mention that. And then, one other thing Amazon announced that they are going to start offering one day free delivery to all prime members right now you get two day free delivery it's the big pitch and now you're going to be able to get one day free delivery that is crazy i mean i already get it i'm sure a lot of you have gotten it before already um it depends uh i think just on where the product you're buying is warehoused but if there happens to be that product in a warehouse nearby uh where you live then you can get things in one day but now they want to make it so that everything is one day Uh, and they said that they're willing to spend I think uh, was 800 million dollars in I'm not sure exactly what they're going to spend on I guess in increasing maybe warehouses logistics I don't know exactly Um, but that's that's their plan and this makes sense too because it kind of is is uh put, connecting the dots a bit of over the past uh, quarter, two quarters, they've been very much focusing on their actual marketplace of increasing their bottom line. Uh, you know they, they recently a couple months ago, cut off a lot of vendors, not sellers. You know, there's sellers and vendors. Sellers are people who just sell in the marketplace and then Amazon takes a cut. And there's vendors which are more like traditional retail uh, partnership where they sell their products to Amazon and then Amazon tries to sell it themselves just like you would do if you were selling to Walmart. You know, Walmart buys inventory and then tries to sell it. So, Amazon cut off a ton of vendors that basically were not making enough money for them or that they were losing money on and said that, hey, we're trying to be more profitable, so this partnership isn't going to work. You're going to need to figure out a way uh, to make it profitable or it's not going. we're not going to have a partnership anymore. And really, this is what all retailers do, but it was just bigger because they kind of did it in one fell swoop uh, to a ton of vendors. So... But and they've been doing other cost-cutting things as well to increase the profitability of their platform, and I think this makes this is kind of maybe the reason why they were being so aggressive and trying to increase the profitability, so that now they can affordably uh, offer uh, one-day free shipping. That's I mean that's great as a Prime member. I'm very excited for one-day free shipping. I think you know we are probably. Only a few, year, few years away from honestly even same day free shipping on most things, uh, if we're being honest. So we'll see how soon they're able to roll this out. But um, yeah, I guess they're just giving even more incentive for people to continue their Prime memberships and if they don't have one already, to get one. Anyways, that is it for today's episode. But before we go, speaking of Amazon, If you are looking to create your own new store and get started on Amazon but you haven't done it yet because you're hesitating, you're not sure exactly what it takes to launch, to get off the ground running fast and make a good listing and all the details that go into uh, getting on Amazon, maybe you have a product that takes Uh, quite a bit of layers of approval, which seems to be more and more products these days, whether it's food or lotions, cosmetics, things like that. Uh, Or you're already selling on Amazon, but you aren't happy with your results or just want to give your sales a boost, some juice. MGR can help you with that. We work with a plethora of small businesses and we work with Fortune 500 companies, the full range. No matter what size business you are, we can help you get started. Or once you're get, if you've already been started, we can help you boost those sales. So if you want to discuss Amazon with us, you can go to slash amz or you can uh, just email me directly if you want to chat with me, uh, David. At mgragency.com. There's no commitments. Uh, we don't do any long term contracts. It's 30 days. So if you change your mind for whatever reason, you can cancel. Uh, we don't hold you hostage in any way. And we offer a free 30 minute consultation up to 30 minutes. Some people only take five minutes and they're ready to go. Other people take the full 30. They have a lot of questions. They want to learn more about Amazon. Either way, we're happy to do it. No obligations. We can chat on the phone, chat over email, chat over wherever you want, whatever works for you. Reach out and see if we can help you on Amazon. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it if you made it this far. I would assume that you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, I would really appreciate it if you would share it with someone else who you think would also enjoy it, and if you could leave a rating uh, or review or both on iTunes. A rating takes like two seconds. You literally click on the podcast and tap how many stars. Hopefully, you give us a five star, but you know, just just leave a rating, Um, and then if you want to actually leave a full review, then we welcome that. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week.